Welcome to the Look Happy Podcast, where we try and improve the world by spreading as much information about well-being in all its different forms as we can. This week, we interviewed Keegan Smith, who's the founder of The Real Movement Project. Uh, and the thing that I took away, uh, the biggest takeaway I had from the interview was the fact that Keegan says that the responsibility is basically on you to make changes in your life. Uh, and if you don't like something... Uh, about where you're at, then you really have the power to make those changes. And he gives you some tools as you go through there. And if you listen carefully, you'll be able to find some resources uh, to further look into making those changes around your life. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear that Keegan is super passionate about his beliefs. Uh, and I think you won't have to search too hard in this podcast to find something that uh, might even change your perspective on, on health and your outlook on life. Uh, we hope you enjoy. G'day and uh, welcome to the Look Happy Podcast. My name's Nick. I'm all by my lonesome today um, without Matt and Sam, but I am joined by Keegan Smith, who's the founder of The Real Movement Project. I've known Keegan for about a year and a bit now, uh, and I started following him back when he was a strength and performance coach uh, over at the Sydney Roosters, uh, which is a rugby league team in Sydney, obviously, uh, and I've really enjoyed learning from him um, as part of his mentorship program over the last year. Uh, basically, the thing that draws me towards Keegan is his passion uh, for changing lives and, and his passion for health um, and everything around that. So, with that all said, welcome, Keegan. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Thanks, man. Uh, so, what I'd like to get into first is, um, can you give us a brief explanation of uh, what the Real Movement Project is? Yeah, basically, Nick, like, I've, it was born out of kind of frustration at the way the world is. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I can't really accept. Um, and I guess I was starting to build a brand around Keegan Smith and a, around, like, being a performance coach and, you know, working with elite athletes and, and having success at that level. But I felt like I needed to go a bit broader and a bit deeper uh, with what I really believe in. And I guess Real Movement Project is more authentic to that in trying to create a real life-enhancing program based around physical development and, and you know, changing the body, but to, to expand to all areas of life. So that's what Real Movement Project is trying to do. How do we do it? Well, both, mostly for now, it's been uh, working with coaches to help them to get better results. So coaching coaches so that there are more amazing facilities where people are going to get, you know, really safe, sound and effective advice um, that's really going to impact them on the level that they need to be impacted uh, to be who they want to be. So, yeah, working with coaches, guys like yourself, you know, who, who are really passionate and want to make change, um, that's basically what Real Movement has been targeted around, so helping open gyms, uh, get online training programs going, uh, work with professional teams. Um, that's really been the, the guts of what Real Movement Project has been about. We do two-day events, we do four-day events, we have online you know, online coaching, we have the most epic uh, Facebook group, and um, yeah, that's kind of how we do what we do as well. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And I can speak from experience. I've been to uh, a number of the events that you've put on, and um, they are really, I guess, life changing. Um, you, you come out of it with a completely different mindset and, and a different way of looking at the world. Uh, you said you you were frustrated with the way that things were being done. So, what do you what do you mean by frustrated? Like, what what are you seeing at the moment in the world that you 
you want changed? I think I've always been a, a guy with fairly high standards and uh, pretty much through through my teens, as probably with too many teens these, these days and in those days, um, I didn't really want to live, to be honest, Nick. Like I, I couldn't really see why I should bother um, based on how school was set up, the life that I could see coming after that, how my health was, you know, the community and social environment that I lived in, like it just wasn't really that livable. And, you know, that was something that I that I used to think about, you know, whether this is this is a good path forward or not. And, you know, I know that I'm not the only one because, you know, you just have to look at statistics around suicide and depression and, you know, people on these kind of medications. Like life sucks for a lot of people. And that was kind of where this, this came from, this frustration. And, um, you know, I took action from from there and tried to figure out for myself. Well, how can I how can I do this better? How can I avoid having money troubles all my life? You know, avoid the almost inevitable kind of family breakups and that kind of stuff that happens for most people. Avoid social isolation, which is the biggest risk factor for death, uh, which people don't talk about. You know, everyone's talking about obesity and that sort of stuff, but social isolation is the the worst thing for your health out of anything you're better off smoking than feeling socially isolated um so seeing this reality you know my my perception of the way the world is was uh, just meant that I, I had to do something about it and I'm, I'm a guy that likes to to take action likes to you know um make make shift happen and yeah i guess i i've sort of explored how i was going to do that through my 20s and you know fell into lots of different lots of different jobs and experiences and and eventually it's it's arrived at a real movement project which is you know going what i see is the most direct route to enhance people's lives uh maximally you know applying the things that that i've loved and, and spending time with you know the most successful energetic uh happy people in the world to, to learn about what's you know how what's uh fueling them that's that's kind of where real movement's at and what we're we're trying to do with uh with real movement project yeah man that's pretty powerful stuff um you mentioned there like through your 20s you were figuring it out um and what was going on and i remember you telling me a story and i was wondering if you could share it about your uh, experience over in mexico uh i believe you were sort of working i'll let you explain you'll you'll be able to explain a little bit better but it, it was a powerful powerful thing that happened over there yeah, man. So, like, going through university, through working uh, in professional rugby league, I kind of already was set up to to be a successful performance coach on the back of the mentors that I'd had, and you know, I loved reading about performance. And I was getting a bit better with my own training, like in my 20, 21, you know, twenty two. I already had a few years' experience working basically full time with NRL clubs and then Super League, but I was still kind of angry about the way the world was and I didn't really get how what I was doing would actually impact the world in a positive way. I was listening to a lot of Rage Against the Machine and, and reading Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn and you know, thinking like there's got to be more to this. I've got to have more that I can give to the world than just helping athletes to win. You know, I love that but I, yeah, it wasn't enough. So that spurred backpacking and backpacking turned into all kinds of jobs and adventures all over the world basically from 21 to 28 i was traveling the world and even when i settled that was actually in france for the first two years so sort of 21 to 30 was basically on the road um 
little by little on the backpacking, I was, you know, becoming, I guess, more certain that I wanted to change the world and, and less content with just being like a traveler. I was never really like a normal kind of traveler. I was the guy who wasn't drinking, the guy who was reading, the guy who was trying to talk to people in the street and, you know, get as much information out of taxi drivers as I could and, you know, hitchhiking to, to, to meet truck drivers and learn their stories. Yeah. Um, this was kind of what I was doing. I guess I was radicalizing in a way, Nick, like it became less and less acceptable for me to go back to the status quo that I'd kind of grown up in in Australia, that comfortable life, yeah. you know, living, um, you know, speaking to people in the street, you know, I spent an hour, you know, spent a couple of hours in the park one day with a, with a junkie in, in Colombia, you know, just learning about his life and, you know, his mate was kind of trying to get me on some of his drugs, but not to sell them, just being, just being quirky and weird and spraying me with some kind of weird shit that they were, you know, some system they had for their drug. Yeah. Like those kind of experiences are like, fuck, like why does this person live this life? And, you know, is this, is this where we're headed? Is this why we're here? You know, he was saying he was, he was really hopeful to try and find a way to get back to being a mechanic, which is what he, you know, done before and reconnect with his family. And, um, but you know, the chance, you know, he was kind of talking about that, like it was going to happen, but reality was that he'd been in that situation for quite a long time. And, you know, I gave him some money for food, which probably meant money for drugs and, you know, fuck, like, where do we go from here? Like that was, this yeah, is an experience yeah. having and, and trying to just, you know, trying to put that into a context of, how I live and what I'm going to do with the rest of my life was, you know, was challenging and I didn't know what it, what it was going to be. But eventually, you know, I um, connected up with some organizations in Mexico that were, you know, doing like empowerment programs for women and small business and some like agriculture projects and, yeah, there are things that were going to make a difference. You know, I met an Aussie guy who had a cool project there and, and then that led to a bunch of other contacts and, I got pretty deep in that scene of um, kind of grassroots uh, political stuff in Mexico. So to get to your your punchline, you know, I was working with an organization there in in the south of Mexico uh, called Cactus, and um, I lived with a woman named uh, Betty uh, Cariño, and I lived with her kids and. Um, yeah, she was the, one of the most passionate, powerful women I've, I've ever met. She was a person who could, you know, just light fires on people and make stuff happen like like nobody else. Um, and yeah, I lived with her, and I was impassioned by the work we were doing there. But you know, I couldn't see the connection between the world that she, that that organization was working for and what I really wanted to live. So. You know, eventually I, I left there and I went to Ecuador actually to meet a girl because I was also lonely and um, and teach English. Um, so that I'd, I'd left that organization in Mexico, but one day in, while I was down there in, in Ecuador, I, I received a message that she'd been assassinated and that was like, fuck, like, what's, what's this about? Like, where are we going with this? Like, I put myself in a fair few kind of hairy situations and... I'd kind of at one stage made a decision to like train a rebel army. Um, yeah. You know, the guys knew that I was into that fitness stuff and I actually thought, well, this is a practical application. It never manifested, but yeah, I made pretty strong decisions about some of that stuff at that time. And I guess that happening was like a stop sign and a checkpoint. Like, Hey, is this where you, this where you want to go? Like I was, I was pretty lost in, in sort of, 
uncertain on what my future would be at that time in, in Ecuador, teaching English and sort of thinking, am I just going to stay here and just kind of like try and live under a rock and just disconnect from all the shit that I don't like about the world? Or, um, yeah, well, what am I going to do? And so that news was just, you know, shattering. Like, yeah, you know, I know her kids and I know her, her partner. And, um, yeah, she, she, they were trying to take food into a community that had made a different political stance to other local communities. So they were being blockaded in and basically starved. And there was people taking food into the community. And she was killed. And the guy sitting next to her was a foreign guy who was doing exactly the same role as me and they both got targeted bullets. Like they both, you know, targeted bullets. Yeah, man. Uh, and so fuck, like that was like, that could have been me. Like that really could have been me. Like that, that, that was me for like five months just traveling around with, with her and doing that stuff. And it's like, okay, so maybe this is not the path. Maybe this path of like really being about, you know, anti-government and like all this kind of stuff. Um, maybe that's not the path to put your energies down. You know, like I, I do have a lot of the same beliefs about, you know, political systems and economic systems and those sorts of things, but like, what's a belief without action. And, you know, that's, that's what the decision was then not too long after that was move back to Australia and figure out something to do with my life that related to health and fitness and get my own health back. Um, and that's, I guess, really probably where real movement was born you know there was there was stuff before that but that's probably the time where you know it's it started to be uh started to be born and you know it was keganshcom it was before that you know searching for change.blogspot.com and uh then it was coach keegan and and then you know eventually it, it became a real movement project which hopefully i'm gonna stick with for at least <laughs> a cycle of a business which they say is like uh, a bit less than a decade or so. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, real movement's sort of been really growing around that that name and, and getting some good momentum. That's yeah, a good, definitely. That's a pretty powerful story though, man. Um, sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to speak over you. But yeah, like you could see, like there's definitely some interesting themes through there and, and obviously the assassination was a, was a big changer for you. But um, adding into that, like changing your own health um, and trying to get more on track with your own health, out of interest, what was what was the health problems that you were facing there? I was fucked, basically. <laughs> that was the technical diagnosis. Like yeah, you can yeah. put all sorts of labels on shit, Nick. Like, and I don't really like the way our medical system labels a lot of stuff. Like, basically, my system wasn't working well, and and, and I knew it. You know, you can describe symptoms of um, headaches around uh, around training. You know, whenever I trained, I basically had to go and sit in the dark for a good period of time after it. I had infections that wouldn't heal, just like whenever I got a cut or even like a pimple or whatever, it would turn into something that would last like three months or six months. Um, and I had them ongoing for like maybe three, four years like that. Um, I've got scars all over my body from, you know, little, you know, things that just wouldn't wouldn't heal up. So, you know, something was going on with that. Um, yes, definitely some... Yeah, mental energy stuff, depressive type stuff. Um, don't get me wrong, like I was still going to the gym and I was still valuing my physical side, but there's stuff underlying that that just wasn't right. Um, gut issues, you know, living in really poor rural villages in Mexico where the water comes from the river, 
increasingly pumping pesticides into that water, you know, through the field that's just up, upstream. Um, and, you know, obviously no, not much sanitation and stuff around it, like all kinds of gut stuff going on. But, you know, that was kind of the journey, Nick. Like I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a martyr in a way. Like I, I kind of wanted to suffer and experience like what does, what's life really like for people who weren't born into, you know, the comfort that I was born into, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for everything that my parents gave me, but at some stage I needed to experience like what other people live. And, you know, I, I used to dream about just, you know, getting rid of my cards, my bank cards and, and living on the street in Latin America and experiencing like what it's actually like for those people to be kind of down and out, you know. Um, but I realized at some stage there that I'm never really going to be that down and out because I speak English, I'm white. I know how to get myself out of situations and, you know, I can always phone home and it's just, it's just never going to be the same for me as, you know, those indigenous or, you know, it doesn't really matter what color or background people have, but, you know, there's a lot of people there who are kind of screwed and I'm never going to experience exactly how hard that life is and how much wasted potential there is in that life. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, where I was at, I needed to, I needed to suffer. I needed to experience like what shit, shit life is about in a way, or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, some of that yeah, stuff yeah. around. It wasn't like glamour travel, I guess. People kind of think backpacking and they think you know whatever, drugs and fun and foreigners and you know, um, there was you know there was a little bit of fun in there for sure. Like I'm not someone who uh, you know I met lots of cool people and had cool experiences, but mostly it was kind of to suffer if I'm honest and I, and I did, yeah. um, you, you could label it as chronic fatigue, like all the symptoms of chronic fatigue, like the fibromyalgia type stuff or whatever, like, you know, now it might be called Lyme's disease if you get some sort of test, but the names don't really matter. What it matters is like, I was not in a good physical way and it was my responsibility then when I decided to go back into health and fitness, like, well, okay, like you think you know about health and fitness, like, Get, get get healthy, get healthy, man. Get healthy yourself. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Um. Well, so with that, then you you obviously came back and you went into I know you went into professional sport. Uh, coming out of that, and you lived over in France. Um. But what I'm mostly interested in is sort of how did you get yourself back onto track? So, uh, the Real Movement Project has sort of four pillars that they base everything or that we base everything around. Um, mind, movement diet and lifestyle uh which one did you kind of knock over first was there anything in particular of those ones or did you just start getting everything back onto track for me the, the mind is the the primary one when you make a decision to make a decision you know, bob proctor one of my key kind of mentors speaks about decision has been cutting off from all other possibilities it's the latin root of the word but he's the man who kind of put that in my head when you make a decision, like, okay, I, I got to be healthy now. Like, there's no, there's no room for this bullshit in my life anymore. I'm going to be head of performance at a professional rugby team. No, I can't. There's no place for sickness here. There's no place for for tiredness. There's no place for for this stuff. And that I think is is where it starts. It didn't always go that way. You know, it's not necessarily that you're going to change it from one day to the next. I didn't know what I know now about, you know, spontaneous healing and, and that kind of stuff, like the work of Joe Dispenza and these kind of people. Like I, I would have definitely, I feel like I could definitely heal myself a lot faster now than, than what I did there. I made so many mistakes. 
But the thing was, I'd made the decision I was going to improve, and then I just set about, you know, learning like what what is it going to take? Like, what's what's going to be the best diet? How should I train? Um, you know, how much how much sleep do I need? How much rest do I need? How can I recover faster from my stuff? Um, and yeah, that's that's really been the the focus of my life since since I moved back to Australia. Like that was that was cutting off from everything else. That was like, yep, this is what what we're going to do from here on. In 2010, it was like, like let's let's see how healthy we can become and see how much we can change the world for the better. And you know, that's that's great. That's basically what I've been doing. And I've you know had steady progression. I guess sometimes faster than others. Sometimes little bits of regression to kick you back into concentrating on what you value. Uh, but gradually, my health has improved and my life has improved, and I feel as though the value that I'm offering to the world. Is is getting exponentially greater as I master my own my own shit and uh, yeah that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think that's that's like so powerful. Just the understanding that like the mind and it's, uh, once you make a decision about what you want to do and what you want to achieve, like that's when just everything starts to come into play. So I, I'm in complete agreement with you there about the mind being the most powerful powerful part of it. Um, you mentioned about spontaneous healing. That's something you've come around to sort of learning about recently with Joe Dispenza or, or how long have you been known about spontaneous healing? And can you go into a little bit more about that? Basically, Joe Dispenza's story is that he was uh, a successful scientist and he had a, an accident where they told him he was going to be paraplegic and like he was paraplegic and that he thought he was going to stay that way. Uh, but he decided he wasn't going to accept that and... <laughs> Yeah, not long after he walked. Um, it sounds unbelievable, but basically that kicked him into studying uh, spontaneous healings uh, for the next, I think it's been like maybe 15 years or something since then. And so he looked at, you know, all the cases around the world where doctors go, I don't know what happened, but the cancer's gone, or I don't know what happened, but, you know, your brain's connected to your body again. You know, um, so he studied those people and they all kind of had some commonalities in what they experienced with, you know, obviously he explains it better than I ever will, but, you know, they they experienced some sort of timeless situation where um, they, a change happened and, you know, they had an underlying belief that there's a power bigger than them. They had an underlying belief that, you know, change was possible. Um, They had these common factors and he, he sort of studied those common factors and then, studied how to put yourself into that mental state and that physical state to to make it happen um, so his work is you know, extremely interesting you know I've, I've read a lot of his content and you know done a lot of his online stuff um, planning on going to some live events hopefully it's going to happen later this year um, guy Lawrence who's a good friend of you know of ours of, of real movement from 180 nutrition yeah he, he basically, you know, I'd already heard about him and done a little bit of, you know, research and reading um, through probably like other guys in that genre, like Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and these guys. But Guy Lawrence had done his live event in Mexico and he told me about it and he was like, and I was like just massively, massively blown away. So what you're getting when you check out Joe, uh, the Joe Dispenza stuff online is like a piece of it but it's like a nicely packaged kind of superficial look at what he's really trying to do um when you actually go to live events like it's it's whole next level like what he's talking about 
um, what is measuring, you know, like they're measuring the energy signature in the room, like electromagnetic measuring and like fine sort of uh, scientific techniques and getting some really hectic experiences, you know, out of body stuff. And yeah, like spontaneous healings are popping up all over the place. There was like, I think it was 500 people in Mexico at a restaurant resort and they were all just meditating the shit out of it <laughs> and just, right, you know, yeah. just changing, changing energy like crazy. And, um, yeah, I, I want to experience it. Um, but I do believe, yeah, like that's, that stuff is kind of like the new frontier of performance it crosses over with Wim Hof and, um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting stuff that you still need to get the underpinnings of nutrition and, you know, physiology and, you know, your training systems and stuff, right. But it's like, if you're nailing a lot of that stuff, I feel like the, the next level, the new frontier is, is, uh, in, in this stuff. And, you know, even like Red Bull and those kind of people are, they're searching at this level to, you know, at that level to find the next performance advantage. And definitely the Russians did during that Soviet times as well when, you know, performance was really a big propaganda tool. Yeah. Okay, right. So do you reckon, or do you know with his event, like do people go that don't have like major illnesses and, and work on healing something else or? Yeah, for sure. Like I think there's there are a lot of super sick people that go and at the Wim Hof event as well, there were, you know, there were a lot of fairly sick people, you know, where, I thought it was going to be a more of a performance kind of crowd. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a lot of it's like clearing, yeah, clearing mental blockages and just re resetting things, having deeper control. It's, it's self-knowledge, I think, is the, the powerful thing, Nick. Like when you think you're small, when you think you can't be healthy, when you think you can't be strong, when you think, you know, that you can't be a world leader or you can't have a, a multi-million dollar business or you can't have an amazing whatever friendship circle and relationships then you're probably right you know it comes back to that henry ford stuff you know whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right like that that stuff is is real and when you when you shift those beliefs and when you like really truly understand who you are what you're here for like if the deeper your understanding is that of that and your connection you know to yourself and and to i guess like the higher consciousness or you know those sorts of things the quantum quantum reality like the more you connect with that stuff and, and understand it deeply the more potential you have to to change and to to manipulate those things um or interact with them to to get what you want and to give what you want i guess is probably the bigger thing like you can yeah you can use this stuff like for for you know just superficial material wealth or you can use it to give and you know, you're going to receive like something infinitely greater. And, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but um, Into the Magic Shop is another freaking awesome one that like simplifies a lot of this process. Like the, the book Into the Magic Shop. Yeah. Uh, I've, I haven't read James, that one, but I've, I've, you've been talking about it. I've been meaning to get it. Yeah, my mom, my mom gave it to me and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, mom. Like, <laughs> yeah, stuff from your parents. And then I, I, I read it because my, my wife had actually started reading it. So I was like, oh, I better, better read it then. And um, it's a really simple system to be able to pull this into your life. But basically, he used it to go from poor, you know, poor family, broken home, no chance of going to college, to becoming like world-leading neuroscientist at Stanford lecturer, like infinite amounts of cash, like successful investor, living at Malibu on the beach, like literally, literally, like as far as you can go with the secret yeah, yeah. type mentality. 
But then it all fell apart because it wasn't about giving, it was about getting. And he missed kind of the key part of what he was being taught in the magic shop. Right. And so he's gone back and like he basically went back and started again using the same thing but making it about giving rather than getting. And um, Yeah, this stuff is super powerful. I don't know if your audience is – you know, on this wavelength of like what you're really looking for. But if, you know, if there's going to be something valuable come out of this, this conversation, like this is the, the most powerful, biggest place to, to explore for sure. Yeah. Well, well, my attitude with all this stuff is always to go in with an open mind. So I'd hope that if anyone was listening, they'd like go in and have a look and, and give it a go and experience it for yourself. Like things like Wim Hof and uh, the Joe Dispenza workshops and, and things like that like i'm sure that you couldn't really know it until you've actually been there and, and tried to believe it um and you went to wim hof yeah. just recently didn't you yeah yeah the interesting thing about these guys is they're really 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 working hard to back up with science like they actually love science like i like science my background is exercise science i wanted to be a pharmacist at some stage during high school like i, I liked chemistry and um, you know, that was one of my best subjects, but I don't really need everything to be shown up in double blind studies. Like they're going to be the last people to know, or at least the people who are reading the studies are going to be the last, last people to know a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, but they, yeah, these guys are actually trying to put it into that. You know, it's the, the language of the 21st century, you know, almost the religion of the 21st century is science. So, you know, they're backing their stuff up with heavy, heavy science. Like if you haven't read the papers uh, from Wim Hof's stuff, if you, if you don't understand what they're actually, they've actually proven with science, like it's the biggest discovery of probably the last hundred years. It would be, if it was a drug, you know, it would be a Nobel Peace Prize winning like 10 times over. Like they've they've shown that they can control the autonomic nervous system. Like autonomic, by definition, is out of our control. It's running itself, and it's not true. And they've shown that you know we're able to to change our immune system, to change our inflammatory response. Like which condition at the moment that people are dealing with isn't related to inflammation and immune issues. You know, uh, so it's 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 such a such a massive thing, but it's like spreading as like an underground movement. You know, it's 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 something that's always going to be pushed back, I think, by by the mainstream uh, to a large extent, and written off as being like quirky, weird dude, whatever about whim. Um, but yeah, man, we, we had an amazing experience there down on the south coast of Victoria in winter. You know, swimming in the beach, walking around with no shirts, like twenty kilometer walks. Yeah, just you know, standing out in the in the in the cold at night, getting in ice at night after big days. Um, and doing a, a ton of breathing and yeah, you seeing people change. A lot of people were there because they wanted big changes, um, you know, having depression or different kind of health things. You know, one woman there sort of said like, this is my last thing. Like if this doesn't work, I'm done. Like that was like, she said that in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's like freak, like, wow. How <laughs> did she, she go? She did did you she see was the that? happiest person in the room by the end of the week. No one could shut her up and you couldn't get a smile off her face and like the ch like she's there's a WhatsApp group and it's still like she's peppering it all the time and, and it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, like you've never been around so many kind of happy laughing people you know, by the end of that workshop. It was just um it was it was mind blowing, man. It was it was a huge experience and 
you know, we're looking to tee up some events together with thrill movement facilities. You know, Wim definitely wants to do it. He's just uh, connecting up with his admin team to, to make it happen. But he's got plans to move to Australia. So, like, there's definitely going to be a Wim Hof uh, intensive at some stage for, for the community because it's, it's just so powerful. Like, I've been pushing him. You know, we had massive experiences with it on the last intensive, actually, like, much bigger than what I was hoping for, actually. But in the end, you know, everyone was everyone was really happy, and and uh, yeah, you know, we we will be doing a lot more of it. It's great that a lot of guys have taken it on, but I know that it's going to take more to make it become a, a really problems that we feel like there are no solutions, or people are using you know chemical medications um, to try and deal with, like. You know, I'm not a doctor, but you know, at some stage, you don't need medication if you're if you're super healthy, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's where I've got to. You know, I haven't used any medication for pain or anything um, for for a long time now, like maybe ten years or yeah, more. Um, even as I suffered through that shit, I guess I, a lot of the time I just didn't medicate because I wanted to find solutions rather than just mask the symptoms. You know, smash the warning light and pretend that everything's fine. Um, is not something that that I like doing. So, yeah, this stuff is powerful. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I uh, I went to a workshop a few weeks ago with um a guy called Dr. Mario Martinez, and he's studied the the centurions, so people that have lived to a hundred. Uh, and one of the features that he found is they just don't see doctors. So, not that they don't <laughs> trust them or anything. They just he asked them like, when was the last time you went and saw a doctor? And they're like, oh, 60, 70 years ago. And he then say, "Oh, okay. So, what does your doctor think that you're like still alive now?" And and the doctor had already gone, passed away. So, interesting. Yeah. It's a good quality to have, Keegan. Just trading yourself yeah, you with did health. Well, well done. Going to going to that one. I, I heard the podcast that he did with uh, One Eighty Nutrition, and yeah, I definitely would have been keen to get along if I wasn't um, coming over to to Europe. But yeah, that 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 stuff that he's talking about, you know, it's all the, the same kind of context. You know. It's, beliefs and how they're, they're shaping what you're doing and um yeah i mean i went to the doctor a lot between like 14 and, and 17 like you know i won't bore you with what happened but basically time i went things got worse and they gave me different you know different solutions so-called solutions that created other problems and you know things got worse and worse and i'm lucky it didn't even do anything because Life sucked at that time, and it, it was a long, large part, you know, related to, to stuff that I was getting from those guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, doctors, most doctors uh, have great intentions when they study what they study, but they're being taught bullshit. And, you know, there's maybe 1% of the medical community that's realized that they got taught bullshit and have changed, changed their path and turned their back on that. Um, the other ones, you know, they're doing more harm than good, like, I wish they weren't, and I wish I didn't have to say something like that. But this is, you know, I, it's the truth. It's it's my truth. It's what I'm seeing, and you know, you don't have to look at research about fucking death rates in hospitals and you know people dying from misprescriptions and drug interactions, and you know, it's somewhere between the third and first, uh, like highest likely cause of death is you know medications that you're given by the doctor. So uh, my grandfather died for that same reason when I was like six and yeah, like a, a lot of, a lot of people have a story of, you know, hospitals are places you go to die and doctors are places you go to get sick. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think people are starting to wake up to that as well. Like discussions with my clients and and things like that. When you start to educate them on how much control you can have over your own health, um, everyone starts to understand like the connection between emotions. Obviously, the connection between your nutrition and and how much you're exercising and how you can make yourself pretty much healthy uh, if you start to to play into these things and and look at them yourself. Um, I think people are starting to wake up a little bit or at least starting to realize that medicating isn't really going to going to necessarily get them healthy, I guess. I Yeah. This is there's a tipping point with this stuff, Nick. Like the dominant paradigm at the moment is gamble, eat junk food, buy shit you don't need, go to work, you know, spend most of your time at work, spend the rest of the time watching telly or scrolling through your phone, like the dominant paradigm is still this. The dominant paradigm is not how we live. You know, we forget sometimes because we're, we're personal trainers and even generally the the people furthest from our ideology and from our experience of life are our clients, right? And those people have already made a decision that they want to be better. So they're already in the top 5% of society. If we're in the top 1% when it comes to health and you know nutrition knowledge and training knowledge um and the search for better and search for more like it's we're the people who are going after that thing and it's you know i think we should be proud of that um but there's a tipping point with this thing that's you know that's growing quickly like there's so many more organic shops there's so many more you know gyms there's so many more personal trainers you know people who do really want to make a difference and get this stuff right and personal trainers actually are the people who really can change this and, and do change the world because you get to see someone, you know, one, three, four times a week and you get to have real time with them. You get to know them, know their life. Like a doctor will never get that opportunity unless they're a personal friend of the client, then they never get that that opportunity, you know. So it's not necessarily that doctors don't want it. It's just the way it's all, all set up and structured. So what we do have is now is an opportunity for – People are passionate about this. There's huge opportunity. There's you know there's money to be made. There's difference to be had. You know you can really make a difference in the world. Um, and a lot of people haven't even met someone who's made the decision. Hey, like I want to be as happy, healthy, wealthy. You know, have the biggest positive impact on the world as possible. You know, how many people would actually be able to say that and truly mean it from their heart? Like that that's what they're trying to do. Because if you you know if you're living out of takeaway food and you know whatever, you're not doing that. And you know the the default paradigm is still is still really crap. You know it's it's there's a lot of work to be done. But I do feel like there's a tipping point that's being reached with this. It's there's a shift. There's a huge shift, and it's it's uh, it's a wave, and it's a wave of positive stuff. That means that you know it's very difficult to to put back in the box. Like once you experience great level of health once you experience like feeling physically capable and physically amazing like not just getting minimal exercise done to look okay but actually feeling like hey i'm i'm physically ready for whatever life throws at me like taking on big challenges that scare the shit out of you whether it's a back somersault or whether it's your you know ring muscle up or whether it's just you know being able to jump up on a box whatever level you're at you know when you're knocking down those things all the time life is good and you're not going to go back people don't go back you know you don't see people do crossfit for five years and then just go back to being couch potatoes it doesn't happen it's a you know it's a drug it's better than yesterday is is the best drug in the world you know when you feel like you're improving all the time 
you want to keep, you want to stay on that drug. It's better than heroin. It's better than alcohol. It's better than whatever else you're going to find around the place. When you feel like you're getting better all the time, like it's not tempting to go back to eating crap food. Like people think it's a treat to fill yourself with stuff that's actually going to make you feel pretty crap and actually going to decrease your experience of life and mean you go and spend more time with with doctors or whatever. Like that's that's not a treat. That's something that's going to decrease your life. Like make decisions that are going to keep making you better and and life becomes you know life becomes great. And I, I get to hang around people who've made that decision and who are you know living it every day and you know we've we've got more to learn and we, we make bad decisions and all that too but that trend is is strong and i'm excited for how much that trend is is growing around the world right now yeah man me too and I, it's it's good being part of a group and a community that starts to build that and i think as much as when people are listening to this and they're they're hearing it uh just start to have that attitude and look for other people that are that are doing the same thing and, and trying to self-improve and just becomes that much easier when you surround yourself with a with people that are like-minded like that and know that you obviously won't be uh you, you won't be stuck the way you are if you don't want to be 100 um, it's community yeah community i think is a big big one you are you are the people you spend time with like it's it's a cliche thing like people throw it around a lot now but it's true like you are those people like all you have to do to make more money is spend time with people that make money all you have to do to be healthier is spend more time with healthy people same for happy people, you know, that's cut, cut people out, pull people in, change the people you're around, you know, take responsibility for your community because that's who you are. And if, you know, if it's not the right people, then the chances of you being a lot different to those people that you're spending a lot of time with, it's very, very hard, very, very hard to be the only healthy one in a crowd or very, the only strong one or, you know, you, you're going to be pulled down. You're going to be pulled in the direction of wherever your community is going. So make sure it's pulling you up. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think people start to like to get in contact with um, people who are obviously in a positive mindset and, and doing things that they want to do? They should hire you as their coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm about. Like, I'm trying to have mean that, that there are people like in every city of the world where someone goes like, hey, I need to get my shit together. I'm going to go see a real movement coach and they're going to help me transform my mindset. They're going to expose me you know, to the, to the resources that are going to be transformational. They're going to teach me how to not just like can restrict calories, but how to really like nourish the body. Like nobody knows how to nourish the body anymore. Nutritionists don't learn jack shit about true nutrition. You know, there's there's no study of soil science. So, you know, without soil science, you can't truly understand what's going on with nutrition. You know, that's a lesson from Paul Check, And, you know, he's one of the, the leaders in this field and one of the guys who's been a big positive influence on me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's that's the secret. I think that's what I want to do. Like, you know, create this global community of coaches who are empowered and who are buzzing about how they live, so that people can connect up with them, whether it's online or whether it's, you know, face to face. And then, you know, going to do these live events. You know, more and more coaches from Real Movement Community are getting people out of their day to day environment. You know, get into nature, get into the physical body again, and reconnect with who you are you know, get that self-knowledge experience that then, you know, you can, you can start to make some serious change and, ex, you know, experience health and, you know, make, make strong decisions about how you actually want to live. The thing is most people just don't have, they haven't really made a decision like, who are you? What are you here for? Fuck, like, who, who can answer those questions? You know, when you can answer those questions, then 
the decision about should I have Pop-Tarts or should I have, you know, carrots becomes a, an easier one and one that, you know, doesn't tire you out all day. You just know that you're a person who needs to be healthy because you've got a job to do here on earth. You know, you've got a purpose and you're going to do the things that are going to serve that purpose because that's what you love. You know, you're going to do the things that take you towards what you love most. If you love Pop-Tarts more than you love, you know, inspiring millions of people to to be, you know, happy and healthy, strong, then, you know, that you're going to choose the Pop-Tarts. But if, you know, no one's going to actually choose that. They just don't think that they have the option to be that, you know, that powerful influencer. You know, my, my, my belief is that Jesus and Gandhi and, you know, Martin Luther King and all these people, I believe they were people, you know, they had flaws and they, you know, didn't nail everything all the time. Buddha and, you know, all these guys, I, I believe they were people. They made strong decisions and they left strong legacies. And, you know, who are the people of our time that, that want to do that? Like, and it's more of about a decision than it is about anything else, I think, you know, to be, to be those influences and to, to be bigger and, probably scares the crap out of most people listening that to, to, to actually think, well, actually, yeah, I could create a legacy that lasts, you know, thousands of years like Socrates or, you know, one of these guys. Uh, but I believe that's true. And even if you don't think you're going to be, you know, remembered like Aristotle or, you know, one of the Egyptian kings or whatever, you know, at least think a little bit bigger and think a little bit more deeply about, you know, what legacy you want to create and, and how you want to, influence those around you everybody's is an influencer everybody's having a strong influence on on somebody what influence is it and what do you want it to be that's a question worth answering yeah man powerful stuff um and i think you've drawn a lot of that sort of from the the worthy ideal that bob proctor talks about yeah um i guess you've kind of explained it but what would how do you explain a worthy ideal like how would what would a worthy ideal be for someone? It's, it's something you're willing to give your life for. You know, everyone's trading their life for something, just whether you've actually decided. So you know, if you're going to work to work at the petrol station, then you're trading your life in the petrol station for whatever you're getting, $25 an hour. You know, that's a decision of what you want to give your life for. I want yeah. to help people to, to go to go after something something bigger. You know, someone's going to have to work in the gas station. But I think when humanity actually decides to to, to live to its potential and to to really be the biggest best versions of ourselves, like everything is going to change so so deeply, Nick. Like, um, and I think that's what we're moving towards. You know, it's just this higher consciousness stuff. Um, so a worthy ideal, yeah, it's it's an ideal or an idea. That, that you that you want to give your life for um, you know success the, the thing there is success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal and it comes uh, from Earl Nightingale who was one of Bob Proctor's mentors um, so that's you know what is success it's it's going towards progressive realization so progressively getting towards making happen your worthy ideal so whatever that big big thing is, all you have to do to be successful is move towards that. It's not achieving it. Achieving it doesn't actually, you know, once it's done, then it's boring. You know, it's everything's hard till it's easy. Once it's easy, there's there's no more inspiration left in that. So, you know, if we're going to be successful, it's going to be having something big, a big question that we're trying to answer, spending life moving towards answering it. 
if you solve it, then write another question or, or create another idea. You know, the first one that I wrote down was a, to live on a rural property and have world-class athletes and coaches uh, come and train and and uh, you know learn learn from each other on on that place um, and travel the world. You know as an educator after I wrote that you know like it was pretty much like eight months I think until it happened yeah, yeah. you can't that can't be a worthy ideal anymore like I still love that stuff I'm not going to stop doing it but it's not something that inspires me every day to you know to, to go and to get up and do because it's, it's already been done like I've I know how to do that so you know you, you gotta start again look, look bigger again what are we working towards now Complete global domination, my friend. <laughs> this is this is a global shift that has to happen. It doesn't. It's not about Keegan Smith. It's not even about Real Movement Project. But we're at a time where things need to change. We're you just just look at any of these freaking statistics. They're completely unacceptable. You know, statistics of obesity, of of depression, of whatever it is. You know, you know, Cancer, violence and yeah. all this stuff. Like it's it's completely unacceptable. And like, look around. Like, how much freaking opportunity do we have like do you think we're living in a time of limited opportunity where we can't really make stuff happen like i'm talking to you like i'm in germany you're in australia and this is going to go out to you know hundreds maybe thousands of people hopefully you're going to share this if you get something out of it um you know what you know it's definitely going to go to thousands because i got thousands <laughs> but you know it can go as big as, as the world decides that it's worthy of going right so yeah that's all we need we just need powerful ideas and we need them to spread like wildfire you know most of the stuff that gets spread is still kind of crappy if i'm honest like going through facebook and whatever like the ideas that are being spread and propagated most of them aren't world changing but you know even like uber and airbnb and these things like they're commercial ventures but they're commercial ventures that decrease the fear in society they rely on a higher level of trust than what most people would have been willing to engage in with strangers even 10 years ago, uh, 20 years ago. And, and it's in a time where we're meant to be super scared of, of terrorism and of people who have different, you know, religious beliefs and whatever. And even with that, you know, wave of fear being pushed on us, you know, constantly by mass media, um, people are less fearful and I'm less fearful. Like I know there's stuff happening that shouldn't be happening, but it's not going to be solved by hate and fear. It's going to be solved by love and connection and that's you know that's what we're that's what we're trying to do and yeah we you know there's a tipping point coming with this stuff my friend and that's that's what i'm giving my life to like real movement is yeah it's about creating like living solutions so that people can live to their you know their fullest expression so um, it's optimizing the life experience is, is you know really the the definition of what real movement is trying to do and um yeah just creating powerful examples to to just to to make that shift happen what does it look like practically it looks like you know millions of people using the training systems it looks like you know tens of thousands of facilities it looks like uh, massive areas of land that have been used for permaculture and you know have successful harmonious communities living on them um that you know, revolve around physical development, mental development, and an amazing food. Like, this is the vision. We're going to build the first one next year. Next year, 2017, if not earlier, we're definitely going to buy land and and build this thing. So people are going to be coming to a place where 
it's great food being produced, you know, amazing tra- training facility and, uh, you know, get back on the land and reconnect. So I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I know that the world is going to be a very, very different place in another five, ten years. And I feel as though it's our decision what it's going to look like at that time. I prefer the optimistic view. Uh, you just look at the rate of change, you know, over the last ten years, last five years, you know, how much have things changed? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's definitely helped by the internet as well and, like, people are just more educated on that side of things. Yeah, it's just a decision. All we need is people to make a decision. Hey, yeah, I'm going to live the best way I can. I'm going to live the most harmonious with the planet. I'm going to, you know, feed the collective consciousness and bring other people up to a high level of vibration. Like maybe some of it sounds like woo-woo, but on some level you get what I'm talking about and you know that it's better that on that place than the place of fear and sickness and fucking whatever that is the default. If you do what everyone else does, you're going to get shit. That's Statistics are pretty clear about that. So make a decision not to be like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're trying to do on this podcast as well is just educate people that you can be like be different um yeah. i want to get into movement just really quickly uh you use movement as a bit of a tool to sort of educate people on on what their potential is is that true yeah so yeah some people underestimate this and you know as because we value the psychological change and the healing benefits of, of what we do you sort of think, well, yeah, movement is kind of a superficial component of this. This is not really that important. But it is actually central. Like we live in a physical body. You have to develop the physical body to have the optimal experience of life. And the ancient Greeks and ancient Romans and you know these guys, they got it. I, I really do believe that they understood that only by developing the physical body in parallel with the spirit and, and you know, uh, <clears throat> that we can really truly optimize life. So yeah, you got to push it, man. You got to push it, push it beyond what you thought you could push it. Like, and being gentle on your clients and, you know, accepting that, like, all we're going to do is just take them to a decent level of body fat where they should be anyway, if they just ate like a human could have eaten at any time in the past, like getting to that average kind of body composition or even, you know, on the leaner side, that's not inspiring. Like that's not life changing. Life changing is doing a, a 60 second doing a handstand being wherever you are on the path wherever you are on that the the journey towards a physical uh, trait you know physical capacity there's going to be excitement when you break a barrier and go to the next level yep so we call it like breakthrough movement so breakthrough movement it kind of comes from john d martini's like breakthrough experience yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you get to do something that scares the crap out of you when you do it you're no longer the person who you used to be. You've changed. You've changed what you believe you can do. You've changed what you actually can do. And so we need to give people these physical experiences, physical challenges, and go, yeah, like it, it seemed impossible that I would climb Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, I know that's something that you've done. It's freaking amazing. There's no way I could ever do that. You know, half the audience has just said that to themselves. There's no way I can ever do that. I'm like Nick's special. Nick can do it, but I can't. Well, no, go and do it. If you think you can't, then go and do it. That's the thing that you need to do. Whatever it is you think you can't do. You know, for me, it was learning to juggle. I tried a few times. I couldn't do it. I thought my brain didn't work for it. So now I, I you know, juggle four balls and I can juggle comfortably. Doing yeah, a standing yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say your back salt as well. Like, Yeah, I thought I was never going to do that. I thought like, you know, there's no way you know, I'm going to be powerful enough. There's no way I'm going to be 
ballsy enough. You know, it's 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 a scary thing to do as a you know, 33 year old for the first time. Uh, it scared the hell out of me. But that is that's what you know that's what life's about, and that it does feed into the, all the business growth. It feeds into not be scared to invite someone into the into the real movement community where they might say no. You know, you get that fear of rejection or whatever. Like I might not land that back salt. Unfortunately, the first one I did was was decent, and you know, but all the failures, you know, all the it's not really failure. It's just another outcome. You go, well, okay, like I'm missing this piece. Like, go and fix it. And and that's what a handstand means to me. That's what juggling means. That's what 100 kilo snatch meant to me. Like, these are all like breakthrough movements that for some people are going to seem like, yeah, whatever. Like, I could snatch 150 or whatever. Like, it's not about the movement. It's about going through barriers that you create for yourself. If when you live like continually going through physical barriers, then life is better and you're going to be able to go through some of those other barriers of being able to like, well, hey, can I stand up in a restaurant? You know, can I be the one who doesn't order a Coke with a drink or doesn't order fries and not give a shit that people look at me like, oh, you're trying to be healthy or whatever. <laughs> like, firstly, you know, go to a different table, go and sit with someone else, look what else is on the other tables. But if you have to stay with those people, then change them, you know, be, be strong enough in who you are and what influence you want to have on the world you know, to, to actually go and change them rather than being pulled pulled down with them. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll just have some chips or just fucking whatever. Like, um, you want to, you know, and when you've made strong physical decisions, then it's easier to make those nutritional decisions and stuff as well, right? Like, that's, it goes together. So when you, you know, when you've decided, like, yeah, I want to be super strong, like, I need to get sh- shredded because I want to lift, you know, I want to deadlift three times body weight, you know, that's, that's one of my goals. I want to bet deadlift 240 this year. Like um, being lean is, is part of the, the process for this stuff that we want to do. So yeah, you've got to have something that's bigger than just, just oh, I just want to be lean and just want to be healthy. Like it's not enough. There's not enough motivation in that. Like you've got, to be, you've got to be going after something that really excites you, that scares the crap out of you a little bit, you know, whether it's going up the mountain or whether it's like I need to be this healthy so that I can live to see my great-grandchildren or whatever it is that, that like is actually going to pull your strings. Like – it's um, it's got to run deeper than, you know, just oh, I'd love to have a six pack one day. Like that's never gonna happen. One day never comes. Yeah, yeah. That's I think movement. Like if I'm honest, is probably the one that I struggle with sometimes. Like you try a few times and you give up. So it is about just being persistent and, and consistent with the training with with a lot of these things, and and it will come. We all give up, man. We all like that's the that's the thing. No one got a handstand by accident. Like that's you know that's why I love handstands so much. Not because it's a handstand. Like six-year-old girls do handstands. Whatever. I don't kids do handstands. But if an adult learns a handstand, you know that that person has got something wrong with them. I think the level of persistence and psychology that is uncommon in in you know in our society. So maybe it's something right with them, but you know that's. It's uh, it's not something that's going to happen by accident, and yeah, that's why that's why it inspires me so much to you know see the facilities that we're working with, you know, getting people into handstands. I know that those people they're not the same people that walk through the door. You know, we can get people lean, and they, we do get people lean. You know, it's part of what real movement does. But these breakthrough movements, you know, they're they're life changing, and they're things that stay with people for a long time. Like you can get shredded for a photo. And you're one month away from being a blob, you know. If you if you let it all go, it's something that you can have, and then it's gone. But when you give someone a physical experience, 
that memory of that experience is always going to be there and the capacity is probably going to be there. Some, you know, there's a rate of decay with that stuff, but most gymnasts, if they haven't done any gymnastics since they were 10, they can still pull a back somersault. They can still, um, you know, throw a handstand or whatever. So a lot of what you give people with this stuff, the ability to touch their toes, rest in a squat, uh, whatever, like that's what real movement coaches do differently. And that's, that's a gift, you know, that, I really value. I love that we're giving that gift to the people that we work with and that we're going beyond just, I want to be two dress sizes down. Like it, I get that as well. And I'm happy for you to be two dress sizes down, but I want to give you some, some mind changing, some life changing experiences along the way to that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't take away some of those movements that you'll learn. Yeah. Um, man, powerful stuff. So what I wanted to get into finally is just a, a little touch on diet a little bit. I know recently you've been sort of getting into the ketogenic diet um, and seeing some really good results with that. Just talk me through your thinking around like why you decided to give it a go and, and what sort of results you've seen with the ketogenic diet. Yeah. So for me, I wasn't experiencing what I wanted to experience. Uh, I've had issues with like fungal stuff since I was maybe – 13 or 14, I had like um, athlete's foot um, and on and off since then, I've had those kind of issues. So, you know, fungus has been here before us. It's going to be here after us. Like that, it's uh, it's part of life, but when it overgrows, it means something's going wrong on the inside. So I was looking for solutions to that that weren't from modern medicine because there pretty much are none in modern medicine. There's a lot of people who believe that Cancer and fungus are basically the same thing. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get this stuff under control. You're never going to completely get rid of it, but you can choose to have it where you can support your system so it's at a low level. So yeah, that's pretty much where keto came from for me. Like I, I thought that ketogenic diet could be part of the solution to mean that I don't deal with that stuff. I'm still getting some hay fever and stuff sometimes. So that was um, that was the biggest motivation for me. I kept, you know, I, I like fasting and I, you know, fa I think that fasting, it's existed, you know, it's been an important part of many religions and cultures, you know, throughout history. And it's, it's meant to be part of what we do, even though it's kind of gone from a lot of the 21st century living, you know, fasting is, is kind of stopped where we, we actually stop eating. Um, so I've done that quite a bit to try and deal with this sort of stuff and it, it helps and works. Uh, but I found that because I was fasting so much, like, I would gain a couple of kilos and lose a couple of kilos and gain a couple of kilos. And I don't feel like I can serve the world as well at 79 kilos with what my goal is in life at, at the body fat I had at that as I can at, you know, 83, 84, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit more. Um, so yeah, keto has let me, you know, I've put on five kilos since I've been doing it and I have no real dependence on food. Like if I have to miss food for a day, it's not really a big deal. Um, I can train fasted. There's just a lot more freedom in running on fats because fats are always there where carbs are only there if you put them there. Um, so it gives me freedom with the lifestyle that I have. Um, and yeah, basically for those reasons, like ketogenic diet is uh, something that I'm doing for now. I'm not married to it. It's not something that I feel like I'm gonna have to do constantly for the rest of my life. It's just what serves me most at this time, and so I'm doing it. 
yeah, I think that's um that's really important, like to choose things that serve you most at that point in time as well. I think that's a really, really good thing in terms of the diet. What have you noticed with um, brain function? Has there been any difference around that? I think so. I think there's uh I think there's some fog clearing. No, uh, I generally generally Nick, I think that it's it's good for concentration and mental clarity. Um, you know, those of you who follow me on, on social media, I'm going to plug that now, you know, through Keegan Smith or, um, or Real Movement Project, like on Snapchat or whatever, you, you will have seen that uh, Keegan Smith Live is my Snapchat. You will have seen that I'm, I'm promoting uh, ketones, so they're exogenous ketones. So your body will produce these if you follow a ketogenic diet, but it won't produce almost any of them, hardly any, if you're, if you're not following a ketogenic diet. Um, so using these salts together with doing the keto basically means that you're all you can always make sure there's ketones there so you don't have to be for those who've done a ketogenic diet like you can fall it's like a zone and you're either in it or you're not and when you're not in it and you're not eating carbs then you generally feel pretty bad so that's often how people feel in like their first two weeks transitioning into it and then if they happen to have too many carbs or too much protein even like lean protein it'll kind of knock you out and it leaves you like in a bit of a fuel kind of no man's land um, so these exogenous ketones, they're like new to the market. I wanted to get them after listening to Dom Agostino and, and Tim Ferriss uh, about eight months ago, but I couldn't get them in Australia. It's kind of a new product and, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, but recently got contacted by someone to, you know, to try the product and I was like, shit, yeah, I'm going to try the product. Like I'd been looking for it uh, for a while. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like I'm using this stuff from from Prove It. It's called Keto OS. I've started selling it. So some people are always going to think that you know you're going to sell stuff because you're just all about money. But honestly, like if it makes 10% of what Real Movement is going to make or is making, like it's 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 um, that would be like massively overachieving from what my expectations are that my connection with that might might achieve. What I'm hoping for from the connection is that people explore ketones and people explore ketogenic diet and that people who are interested in that can have a better experience with it. Um, the product is amazing. Like I train on the back of that product, like two, three hour sessions, just, you know, even without any food that day, training at lunchtime or whatever. Um, just, yeah, just amazing, man. I just feel, feel great with it. So, you know, I'm not going to not tell people about it because some people are going to think it's a money grab. Um, it's like a multi-level marketing, like people-to-people marketing company. So same kind of deal as Isogenics or whatever. So some people are going to make a ton of money from it. I don't. That's not what I'm doing. You know, it might happen, but it probably won't. You know, as people who understand those companies know. Um, but if it increases awareness about ketogenic diet and helps people who don't follow a ketogenic diet to experience ketones, then it's a huge win. So that's. Um, yeah, that's been a big thing for, for kind of like a backstop for, for mental clarity and mental performance. Um, I encourage people to experience it. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. Like self knowledge. Um, know what happens when you stop eating. Know what happens when you stop eating carbs. Like you can be like, yeah, I'm a carb burner, whatever. But evolutionarily, you you are designed to survive without carbs. And if you've never done that, then you don't know. So it's something that you're missing, like even just from that inquisitive point of view, like for me, it's, it was worth doing and worth trying to experience uh, more deeply. I've done like cyclic ketogenic in the past where you have like heaps of carbs on the weekend or like the Poliquin type approach where it's like one big carb meal every four days. 
but that approach never really worked very well for me. Um, being consistent with it now, I'm happy with what it's doing. If it stops giving me what I want, I'll stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. The cyclical is uh, anabolic diet, isn't it? Yeah, there's an- yeah, anabolic diet is a big one. Um, Lyle McDonald is a big writer in the ketogenic scene as well. Um, but yeah, Maru Di Pasquale, his anabolic diet is, I think, a uh, big influence on, on Poliquin with his sort of four-day cycles as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't... I didn't get the results with that, and um, the guy who I just went and saw in Austria on the weekend at the world's best gym, uh, uh, Intelligent Strength, um, that that gym is amazing. If you haven't checked it out, definitely, definitely check it out. Make a trip wherever you are in the world. Just make a trip <laughs> to go. And, um, Real Movement gyms are epic with their coaching, but equipment-wise, we haven't quite got to that level yet. There's a, there's a new benchmark set. Um, so I went and saw Menno Henselman's there, and I, you know, I did a private consult with him as well. And you know, he was talking about also having that experience with a lot of people that they just don't really get the benefits of keto or of like a moderate carb diet um, when they're sort of jumping in and out with that cyclic stuff. Um, he's a guy who's done a lot of research and done, you know, does a lot of body comp prep type stuff for people. And um, yeah, that was that was my experience. It was good to hear someone else say it. Who's, who's sort of implemented that with more people um, because that was also my experience yeah cool cool and I think people can go research some more on the ketogenic diet if they're interested in that yep. well um, thanks a lot for, for jumping on Keegan uh, I think everyone could hear the passion in your voice about how much you want to change the world and how much you believe we could do better um, yeah thanks for coming on just where can people find out a little bit more about uh I guess the real movement project or, or learn more about what you're sort of talking about. Yeah, you can find us pretty easily on Facebook, Instagram. Um, as I said, the, there's real movement project, uh, real movement, Snapchat, just real movement, no project. Uh, and, uh, Keegan Smith live, uh, Snapchat, Snapchat's probably the best way that you can actually see what's really going on around me and how I, how I actually live. It's a bit more real and raw. Um, but yeah, I'm always putting stuff out through those social media channels. Um, you can jump on the sort of newsletter and you get you know, extra guides and free stuff uh, with uh, on realmovementproject.com if you jump on the, the newsletter there. Um, I'm always going to use those channels as much as I can because basically that's how I've been able to get to where I've got to now. So I encourage you guys to use your social media for good. Um, you know, Be focused about why you're on there and what you want to achieve with it and it's, it's really powerful stuff. So um, yeah. Feel free to hit me up if you listen to this and you like it. You know, send me a message or um, get in touch. And yeah, really glad to have this opportunity. And I'm excited that you want to do this for the world. You know, you've made this a big body get out there. You know, you are getting out there, and you can, you know, I can tell that you're growing your confidence. Like you do, do something to have and access, you're always going to be helped so much. So well done for taking action on, on this, Nick, with your, with your team there. And I encourage everyone who's listening, you know, don't, don't be a spectator. Don't just be someone who checks out what other people are doing. You know, be, be the center of your own universe. You know, make a difference. Be whoever you need to be to live the life you want to live. You know, don't, don't just uh, think that this is something that Keegan can do or something that Nick can do. You know, this, is, this is about you. Get it done. If you need help, especially if you're a personal trainer, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you. We've got a big offer coming out for that. Um, but you know, whichever way you go, whichever channels you go down, just get it done. The world needs it. Exactly, exactly. 
All right. Thanks, Heaps, man. Thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, appreciate you coming on. I'll uh, stay in touch and, and speak to you. Wait, how long are you in Germany for? Um, I'm bumping around Europe pretty much from Thursday, from Friday this week. So I'm going to Ireland and then England and then Poland and then France and then Spain. And then we're pretty much done after that. So like I'm pretty much just bouncing around for the next month. Then we yeah, we fly back on the 26th is the is the scheduled um, 26th of August. So all right, cool. Yeah. I'm gonna be over there around the 20 around the 11th actually, but I'll be in Croatia. So. Yeah. Um, just miss you. All right, thanks yeah, again, not, man. Nils is gonna be over here as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I don't know if it's gonna work to meet up at all, but yeah, it turns out Nils is coming to a village like 20 minutes away from here, so. It's pretty oh, cool. There's a, a new German guy just joined from here, so he'll be able to meet someone else from the community, which is good fun as well. I'm going to go train with him. I need to go and get on the train. Um, right. So when are you going to put it up? Um, probably, well, we were going to get a few more people just to interview so I can like do a lump, not a lump upload, but like have a consistent upload, but probably in the next week or two. Yeah, too easy. Cool, just man. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. Well done for getting it up, man. It's I mean what I'm saying there. I mean all of what I'm saying there. Like it's I don't often get it out as well as when I'm actually performing and you know, when I'm actually speaking to an audience. But um, yeah, I, you're putting that energy and effort into this thing, and I know it's going to bring you a lot more. So I'll do my best to share this around and you know bring some more light onto what you guys are doing too. And when the time comes, legend. Thanks, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. See you, man. Champion. Bye.